Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Emperor's Podcast, the 2022 review show. It's the last podcast of the year. It's almost the end of the year, and we are here to look back over the last 12 months. It's been a topsy-turvy roller coaster 12 months, and to go through it with me, I've been joined by Matt Lansley. Matt. What is your favourite roller coaster? Favourite roller coaster, Christ. Um, the the roller coaster that is Reading FC. Hate it, love it. I would never, ever change it for my sins. So all the ups and downs, all the it's ups the, and downs. It's got more ups and downs than Colossus, Stealth, the Big Dipper, whatever you want to choose. Reading FC is the best roller coaster. Like Paul, love it, hate it. Paul yeah. is also joining us. Paul, are you a roller coaster fan? Uh, no. Not really, no, no, no. That's that's not my friend. It's not my friend not, at all. Not good for the heart. Sorry, not good for the heart. Not good for my heart. Well, I mean, yeah, that is true. That is true. But um, yeah, I think Matt summed it up there nicely. There, I think um, yeah, the roller coaster of Reading FC, and this has been definitely been a year when you have to take the rough with the green, Matt, hasn't it? You have to like rough with the green. You, you yeah. don't know where you're going to end up. No, it, it's um yeah no rough rough with the green will stay up there. That is definitely a highlight I think for the year that we'll get onto. But no, I think it's fair to say it's been a long year, eh, Alex? It has been a very very long year. So if you have managed to listen to one ten all of our podcasts this year, big thank you out there for downloading, listening, interacting with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, entering our competitions, giveaways season ticket giveaway whatever you've done this year to interact with empire rules really appreciate it and we'll be back with plenty of content and giveaways next year as well i also want to say thanks to our sponsors as well blue collar street food fantastic really great venue in ridden town center and phantom brewing who have been absolutely brilliant for us and the beers as well not only do they taste great they absolutely look fantastic. I'm really, really glad to be involved with them. And just also want to say to everyone who's also filled in the form for like looking back at the year 2022, it's been really, really helpful. And you've given us some kind comments and that's really nice. We've also given us some really good ideas to look forward to do next year. So thanks a lot for that. Right. We've got to go backwards now, unfortunately. And we're going to go to January. I know we're going to do it month by month here. And unfortunately, the first month of the year is January. 
And this is probably the worst month of supporting Reading FC in history. I seem to remember a stat that said we conceded something like 25 goals in January and it was the most goals we'd ever conceded in a calendar month. The first game of the se- well, season, first game of the year, Derby at home, and we threw away a two-goal lead. Now, on its own, it's not great. But, Matt, the following weekend, we took a little trip to Kidderminster in the FA Cup. And this goes down as a lot of people's moment to forget. I mean, it's right at the start of the year. And it's like, yeah, it was, um, oh, man. Actually, the, the, the Derby one as well. Derby were bottom at that time. We were just outside the relegation zone. It wasn't a great way to start the year. Um, but Kidderminster, blimey. I was, I was, well, I don't think I've ever been so glad to have glandular fever and not be, or still recovering from it and not being able to go to either Derby or Kidderminster because I was still getting over it. Um, it was one of the few that I missed that year, those two. But I, yeah, the game being outplayed by a sixth tier team, the what happened after the game, the abuse that rightly, wrongly, whatever, well, it wasn't rightly went to players, but or not the way that it certainly occurred after the game. It, it was just like, what a way to kick off 2022. But I mean, it kicked off probably like, like you said, the most depressing, historically, depressing, depressing historically no bad month. It was, yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit older than both of you. I mean, and I've got to say that probably was the worst month ever of supporting Reading because everything was so bleak. Um, just thinking about it just brings me down massively. <laughs> but thankfully, you're in a better spot now. But wow, everything about the club seems so horrendous. The manager seemed to be pretty clueless at that point. Off the pitch, no kind of leadership. But wow, Kidderminster was so dreadful because we deserved to lose. There was no debate on that. It wasn't one of those unlucky ones when you think you can get in the FA Cup. But to be on the end of that defeat was just completely, it wrecked anything within the club. It just brought everything to a head, really. It really didn't get much better, unfortunately, because that seven days, and I would say this is probably the worst seven days that I've seen from Reading ever, and it probably will be the worst seven days that I'll ever see from Reading. Kidderminster away, followed by Fulham at home, Matt. And Fulham at home is my worst moment of the year. I'm sure lots of people put Kidderminster. Lots of people in our form put Fulham as the worst moment of the year. Fulham at home, um, as one of our respondents put, it really felt like rock bottom. We were going to go down and nobody who was in control of the club actually cared or gave a damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, I think we, we've talked about it many times on kind of moments supporting Reading FC but I remember I think you were on the train home Alex and just didn't know what to do with yourself I was, I was genuinely I don't think I've ever been that upset watching no. Reading and I like I've seen us lose playoffs I've seen us get relegated and I don't think I've ever been as upset as after that Fulham game and I don't even think it was the fact that we'd lost 7-0 it was no. as that person said it was it genuinely it was the felt hopelessness. like we were watching the club just surfing the drain after that yeah and I, I know this is a really upbeat way to start a podcast, but Christ me, it, it was like that 
that I think it was it summed up perfectly with that response. It just it just was rock bottom. I got home. I was just like, I, I don't know what to do with myself. Like I've never felt so dejected standing in, you know, a stand. I've never felt so dejected driving home. Like I got home and I just like I just laid on my bed and it was literally like the the never has the the Simon from in between his clip ever been just so so fitting for a moment I think and probably it was quite a lot worse than how he probably felt in that moment but um yeah I just got I just remember feeling like going through different moods there it was kind of he he ended up with like first of all it was sadness and then you went into anger like the next day the situation at the club was in and I remember being on Radio Berkshire speaking about it as long as like loads of other Redden fans that morning and it was just I couldn't see any way out of it at that point. There seemed to be no obvious way. And the Fulham game, like you say, Alex, it wasn't just that we got beat and it was 7-0. It was just topping everything off. It was just so miserable. There was no enjoyment at all. And when you look at the players that were playing that night, some of them are still playing now in the first team. And how they've got through that, you've got to say it's pretty impressive because that was dreadful. I think almost probably Tom Holmes was the big one, wasn't he? Because he was ridiculed actually he was he 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 was abused or no it was his family wasn't it after Kidderminster he had a rough rough week then see how he's bounced Mm. back and I mean this one maybe not has come up quite as much in our in our answers but it certainly goes down as a moment that I want to forget is Middlesbrough away we lost 7-0 to Fulham three or four days later we travel up to Middlesbrough longest away trip of the season Matt Mm. and we put in a performance with Josh Lauren Ethan Bristow, Dejan Tetek and Tom Holmes in defence against the red-hot Middlesbrough team at that time. And we end up getting to the 90th minute at one all, and we get sucker-punched in the last minute. It was it was a weird game as well, because I remember thinking that up until, what was it, it was about 80th minute they got the first, we'd actually played okay, you know, and it it, it was it was almost like... At least they're coming out and giving something. But then Reading FC being Reading FC in that time, in that frame of mind, it just it just all collapsed. And and I'll never forget that last goal, which when when obviously we were standing and watching, and you pretty much you just said exactly how the goal went, as it as it, you, you could see the goal happening as well in front of your eyes. Um, I can't even remember who scored for for Borough, but I just remember Ethan Bristol on the left just got absolutely burnt the ball came in and it was yeah i i've, I've never felt very long drive home it was dreadful and the fans drive. leaving the ground mixed with thousands of borough fans i know you get that away games but it was like ugh. <laughs> we went on to lose another couple of games in january as you, as you do you know all clubs do it they just lose six seven in a row um and the end of january qpr away Paul, QPR away, as one of our um, one of our respondents on the form has put, £35. And apart from the four goals, we played really well. That, that was astonishing. That was astonishing from uh, Panovic. I totally agree. That was I'm really glad someone's reminded us of that because, yeah, apart from the four goals, we did okay. It's like, well, do you know what? Those goals are quite important in the game. Um I don't know about anyone else, but that was 
you do not need to hear that from your manager after the game when you're kind of like you're on such a horrific run. Um, yeah, I think probably the away end that day was just really bad. I mean, Matt, you were there. It must have been really toxic. Toxic's one way to put it. Yeah, I mean, fans, a few fans got kicked out, got taken out by stewards. There was abuse after the game, um, and I mean those th- those comments from Paunovic, again, it just compiled, I guess, how hopeless the the club and the feeling was at that time, didn't it? You know, oh well, apart from four goals we conceded, we're actually okay. Come on, it, 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 like it was, yeah. I mean, I, I I'd, I'd forgotten those comments. Is 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 a great. It was a great piece of feedback we got on the form there. Um, yeah, it was, again, just one of many dreadful away ends that sadly I was in in that, in that January, February, March. I think yeah. hope, hopeless is a really good way to describe how a lot of people were feeling at that point. And we move into February and Paul, the, we, didn't, we, we lost against Bristol City, again, hopeless. Uh, was probably a good way to describe that one. But the home game against Coventry is one that I want to just focus in on because there's a couple of people who've mentioned it in our in our forum. And it was a day which I think a lot of people probably won't forget, but quite a lot of people will also want to forget. The glorious 150th anniversary match. That was, um, uh, well, I mean, did anyone notice um uh, kind of I, I don't know what was going on before that game um there was a bit of a circus there wasn't there quite literally a circus there was obviously the protest before the match um there was the events after the match fans running on the pitch and we lost obviously i mean that's just what we did um uh, and the the funny thing is i don't think we even played that badly in that game no 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 i think lucas child gave us the lead didn't he if i remember from we, ahead, we ended yeah. up losing three two and, and Jimmy yeah. Hoyle got himself sent off with a ludicrously late challenge yes yes and i remember like we were talking to uh jim clarachan after that one as well and yeah and he was like yeah a bit annoyed with uh, junior Hoyle. but um you just look at that situation it's, everything was unraveling wasn't it absolutely completely unraveling and it's only like um uh I don't know what else to like say about that one. It's just so depressing thinking about these things. I'm so glad we've moved on from it. But yeah, but the Coventry game was just a real another nail in the coffin, Matt, wasn't it? I think it just showed again the the direction of the club at that time, right? You know, it they they couldn't even organize a 150th celebration, you know, which, which it wasn't hard to do, you know, even the players that that were there didn't know what they were doing, you know. Like you didn't have anything on the pitch, you know, which I think the players were supposed to be on the pitch at halftime. Didn't happen. It was just, it just, yeah, like, like it just summed the club up at that point in time. There was no, no direction, no leadership. There was just, just nothing. It was just wilting away into what seemed to be, you know, a doomed relegation for the season. After the Coventry game, couple of days later in fact we had a midweek game against and it was this was a massive game at the time absolutely huge match against peterborough away from home live on sky sports in the middle of february and if you watched this game on tv you probably turned it off because it was shambles of a match genuinely one of the worst quality games i've ever seen played in the absolute pissing rain and no one probably remembers the match if i'm honest matt but a lot of people did mention 
moments that they're going to uh, moments that they'll remember or not forget. And one person that we did get the reply from is somebody who mentioned the fact that the coach got blocked in after the game. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I like I, I I could not tell you anything that happened that game, in all honesty, um, not only because I couldn't see for half the game, I had to stand on a bench to actually see at the back of the stand. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was it, it was right at the end, wasn't it, where there was about probably 500 fans as well, 600 that stayed in. We were chanting for Paunovic to, to come out because I think everyone's waiting for Sky to interview him on the pitch because they brought brought all the Sky stuff out to do the interview. That then didn't happen, and then everyone went to the team coach, and yeah, you probably had what was it? Probably about about actually, yeah, like after after the game that that just stayed, and some some say that Paunovic is still in that ground. You know, I'm sure. He, I think you're convinced of it. I'm I'm still convinced. He never emerged. He never emerged. Andy Yidim did talk to the players. They talked to the fans, though, didn't he? And that he was did. like a little tiny bit. Of a turning point. I forgot all about Andy Yid and talking to the yeah. fans. I just I remember one of like... the questions was, what's going yeah. on? And he said, we're trying our best. And I just remember going away from Peterborough thinking, fuck me, if this is your best, we are completely fucked, aren't we? Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> That has it... to be up there with one of the worst games ever. I mean, the conditions were atrocious, but that was no no reason for the absolute shit that was dished up by both teams, wasn't it? Trivia question for you both here. Who played in goal for Reading? Oh my god! Don't do that. Oh, oh no! I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Mister who wrecked his finger in a kitchen accident. Oh. Was it? I can't remember his first name, but Hein. Carl Hein. Carl Hein. Yeah, yeah forgot all yes. about him. Yeah, there's, a, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's one for the trivia books for next. Uh, oh, you know, that was a signing I totally forgot about. Yeah. yeah. So still, still at Arsenal. Uh, hasn't gone out on loan this year, so. Yeah, but it's, all, it's okay. He'll be winning the World Cup in about ten years' time, so that's not a problem, is it? Can't, yeah, he can't complain with too much. Estonia. <laughs> yeah. Wow, imagine that. <laughs> yeah. So Preston Pres Norway was next up, and I think Preston Norway was not one that people were expecting to get points from. And Reading Matt went three 0 up in this game, in probably the most unexpected three 0 lead that you could have ever seen. Um, yeah, and it was it was the game which we which we both thought are uh, like we, we've done enough traveling for for now, you know, for the last month, um, and decided not to go to, which seemingly was a blessing in disguise um, for all Reading fans that did go and Reading FC that played, because seemingly we were the curse last year. But <laughs> um, yeah, in true Reading fashion, they did try and throw it away best as possible. Because what was it? We went three 0 up and then instantly conceded with again a from memory it was just shambolic, was it? It was straight from the kickoff. It was straight from the kickoff, that goal. Yeah. Yeah. And then Preston scored again. It was three two, and we were basically hanging on. Hanging on. Yeah. It, it it was it was not a pretty game, that's for sure. And our next to be manager said we announced. played like Barcelona. In the yeah. first half. Because of course, after the game, as you do once you've won a match away at your first win in how many games was it? I'm gonna to have to just count them back there. First win in 12 games, first win in 13 games, in fact. And Velko Paunovic is sacked after the game. And right at the bottom of the um of the statement that the club put in out small print. 
in the yeah, in the small print at the bottom somewhere. Read the terms and conditions. By the way, Paul Ince is going to take over on Probably interim not, basis. Yes, on an interim with Michael Jilks. Probably not one you would have expected there, to be honest, Paul. Not at all. That is a name that none of us expected. Um, I reckon 99% of Reading fans thought, what the fuck is happening here? A man who's been out of management for eight years. But with hindsight, we should think, yeah, that was actually a pretty good move because it's worked out for us okay. But at that exact moment, and I also remember Jem, who was on Radio Berkshire that day, he was saying that it was a disgraceful uh, decision. Not that they brought in Paul Ince, that the way that they've announced it so close to the end of the match. And I, I still think that was wrong. There's no way we should have done it so close to the end of the match. But it's happened now. We've moved on. We don't need to worry about that. But it, it kind of like summed up the running of the club at the time. He was just You didn't know what was going to happen at any moment. It's kind of like they were making big decisions just from nowhere. And they're you know, there's another press statement coming out at some point about a player as well, which was just out of nowhere. But I, I really thinking at that exact moment, what the hell is going on here? Um, yeah, it just felt really chaotic. You know what? The uh, I, I mentioned that someone did put Paul Ince being announced as the temporary manager as a moment that I'll never forget. And I can kind of understand that one. Yeah, you've mentioned the uh, the player statement that came out and you know what? With everything that happened in January, we've completely skipped over the fact that Liam Moore got stripped of the captaincy in January. Um, After Middlesbrough, I remember actually getting yeah. getting back, getting yeah. back, and just all, actually, actually no, no, it wasn't getting back. It was it was on the on that incredibly long journey home, and just looking at it, and almost it like I was probably I'll admit I was probably happy purely out of just sadness because it was just like I I just like, I I didn't want to see anyone really in the club still at that point. I just wanted everyone to go. And, you know, seeing something like that, it was probably built out of anger from myself, you know, and just thinking, well, you know, stuff him. Burn it but, all to the ground. At that yeah. Point. Um, well, it, it's, it's how it felt. We did a, we did end up uh, actually winning Paul Lintz's first game in charge against Birmingham, which was a little strange. But then things kind of reverted straight back to normal because we went to Blackpool at the end of February, Matt, and lost 4-1 in a absolute Reading FC-esque collapse here. Yeah. Um, this was almost like the, the the period of collapses, wasn't it? You had you had Blackpool away, Forest away, um oh, I, th- I think with Millwall at home in the middle as well. And yeah, kind of after after the the one game new manager bounce that we had, it kind of looked I what well, I remember Blackpool was bad, but then even leaving Forest. Again, it was just like, how are we going to get out of this mess with with Paul Lintz in charge? You know, I don't think anybody really had that much hope again at that point. I've I've a feeling we were in the relegation zone as well. By the, um, uh, I, uh, I don't you know, no, no, we were still out just outside the relegation zone after Forest, but you had Derby closing, and it was all just coming to a bit a bit of a head, wasn't it? Like we were still just outside but we it was were just outside still but it was all very very tight yeah, yeah one person one person did put down blackpool away as the moment the match that they both wanted to forget and i can understand that because we took the lead at blackpool and it was just another game and someone yes, mentioned the fact someone mentioned the fact that you know you can pretty much just pick any match where we just threw away the lead because it happens so much 
um, that we took the lead and we just ended up losing. And yeah, we go into March and as you mentioned, Lansley, Forest Away. Paul, Forest Away was a bit of a joke because we conceded after about nine, ten seconds, I think it was. I mean, <clears throat> there's so much of this in this part of last season. That's just a joke, isn't it? I mean, it, it is just one big, massive circus that we are at this point. Um, we're just there for picking off. It's so easy. And in the Forest game, they absolutely blitzed us, didn't they? I mean, it wasn't even a contest. It was men against boys, wasn't it, really? I remember, I think, in after the match saying, yeah, it, we were totally bullied, basically. And he was right. He was totally right. Um, yeah, that was... At that point, I'm trying to think whether I thought we were going to get relegated or not. I think it was really beginning to worry me at that point. Yeah. I think 50-50 was pretty much the... Like, everybody kind of was like, yeah, we're going to. But it was it felt 50-50 because of the fact that Peterborough and Barnsley were just as bad as we were. Well, can I, can I, can I just put something out there? After the Forest game, we'd played 36 games. I know we had six points deducted, but we sat on 29 points. After 36 games, we had 29 points and a minus 30 goal difference. You know, to, to bring it a little bit lighter, and we'll talk about obviously at where we are at the moment, but 25 games we've had and we're on 36 points. You know, that's how bad it was at that point last year. You know, we 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 had we had 29 points after 36 games and a minus 30 goal difference. You bring me hope, Matt. You bring me hope where <laughs> there was no light before, now there is hope. Try, try. We, we, we're getting, we're getting to the better points though in the season. I think we, 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 we're just we're, we're browing the hill. We're now. on the turn here. We're on the turn. <laughs> seriously, how bad was it supporting Reading at that point? There was no joy, was there? There was, was no joy. It was miserable. just like kind of you go to matches and you think, okay, we might have a chance of nothing. There's, there's no point. You it was, really it, were. It was how many are we going to lose by get anything out of a game? Yeah. It, it, it was it was every week. How many we're going to lose by? You know, mm. let's just try and keep it. If goal difference, God God forbid, comes into it, let's just try and keep the goal difference down. You know, it was there was no hope. I don't think we should forget how bad it was it, because it was so 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 bad. I, mean, I, would, I would say January through to middle the middle of March is probably going to be the worst three months that anybody who went is ever going to see the club at in terms of results and just going every week. Yeah, we might get relegated to a lower division at some point and it might be bad. But I think those three months, like continuous loss after loss after loss, with well, two wins, I think we had two wins in that time. And that was mm-hmm. it in three months. Two wins and two draws or two wins and three draws or something out of 17 games or 18 games. And it miserable. It was genuinely just miserable going every week. And it was... Anybody who was going every week at that point, like absolute full props because it was, mm. it was crap. It was an waste. It was a waste of money, a waste of time, and like every single week you were coming away questioning why you bothered. Mm. And this yeah, is anyone who went then, full respect to them because um, this is, uh, yeah, this is. This yeah, is I hope you get like a benefit of like seeing how the club's improving now. But at that point, it was dreadful and it was it wasn't just on the pitch was it i mean let's be honest lads it was also off the pitch it was a mess we yeah. i mean we, we were talking we're, we're talking about paul Lintz having taken over at this point and obviously we've had the sacking of panovich but we forget that 
Panovic apparently handed in his resignation and got rejected, wasn't allowed to resign. About four weeks before, wasn't it reported, I think? Four weeks before he actually technically then did resign. We had fan protests outside the ground. We had pitch invasions on the field twice in, in the first two months of the, in the uh, first two months of the year. We lost Locking seven nil. We lost to a sixth tier club. Like, and all this happened in the space of basically eight or nine weeks. We had Paul Ince come in as manager who hadn't been a manager for almost a decade. Like, and it almost and at the time, a lot of people kind of speculated the only reason he's really got the job is because his son's here and is the only person available. And because of the link with Keir Jachan, which everyone thought was there at the time as well. You know, we, these things were out there. Um, we can't pretend like, oh, with hindsight, these things aren't there. This is what everyone was saying, weren't they? I just, I don't think there'll be a worse time to have supported Reading. Uh, yeah, like I said, we might get. I dread to think. I dread to think if there is a worse time. If if a time supporting Reading FC beats twenty twenty two January to to mid mid March, Christ me, that is. No, don't 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 even put that image in my mind, Alex. Please, <laughs> yeah, you bring me trauma. Um, wouldn't wouldn't. I just don't think I could deal with it. Really? No, quickly. I don't think there will be. I, for the combination of factors, it wasn't just on the pitch, and I think that's the big thing, isn't it? And and thankfully, we're moving into the better direction. But we should get yeah. back on track of where we were. Let's get back on track. Things do turn around, and a couple of people mentioned Tom Ince um, versus Bournemouth away. Actually, I think it was about five or six people have mentioned this is their most memorable goal of the year. And we'll throw this one in now because there's pretty much a unanimous answer for one question, which was player of the year. Tom Ince at Bournemouth away. I think this was basically his coming out party, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, no. like, And I think that there'd been so much kind of, like we said, swirling around the club. Bournemouth at that time were in the playoffs, not the playoffs, actually they were automatic, I think, at that point, you know, and we went down 1-0. And I like, I think from memory, I I I have to admit, I didn't watch this game. I like I, I couldn't even remember if it was on I, I think it was on the red button. And I I I just I couldn't face it at that time. And again, it was it was a game which we decided uh, we I I just can't do. I'd like I can't do and I need to have time off. And I needed time off from watching Reading FC, so I didn't actually watch it. I think I've seen the Tom Ince goal two or three times. It was a great goal, though. Paul. It was a cracking goal. Yeah, it yeah, I did watch goal. it, Matt. And um, <laughs> uh, thankfully, one of us on the podcast, well, two of us did. I think Alex is actually there. But um, yeah, it was a cracking goal. Um, uh, and a real turning point. Everyone's right. Uh, Tom Ince is by the player of this year by an absolute mile. I mean, there's no one even near him, is there? We're we're also not going to do a vote like Reading shouldn't no. be doing a vote for Player of the Season because he's he won Player of the Year like quite easily. <laughs> player of the Year is just so yeah, yeah. It's just, there's no point. You might as well just say we're going to leave Tom Ince out of this. Who's the runner-up and who gets third place? Because that's what it's all about. But yeah, no, that was an absolutely mammoth goal for us because if we hadn't got a point there, it's yet another defeat, and it, it kind of like put a lot of belief back into the team and like the start of the fight maybe i know it's been a bit erratic after that but now they we're seeing really that coming well through into the team but maybe that was the actual moment when it began well they they they, they i do remember everyone saying they actually played well that game and kind of i remember paul Ince after the game as well coming out and saying they were disappointed to only take a point from that game as well um 
so yeah and that obviously led then into blackburn at home i believe and mr lauren with an absolute another thunder bastard to coin a phrase yeah this was a, a big win because if we if we you know if we had lost against bournemouth and you could see us maybe not picking up points against blackburn then all of a sudden we went from picking up almost you know loss after loss after loss and paul Josh Lawrence scores a screamer from the left hand left hand side just outside the box with the kind of instep of his foot. Basically like loops it over the keeper into the top corner. I'm not sure it's quite a thunderbuster as as Matt described it, because it I don't know how much power he put behind it, but it was a really good goal. And a number of people had this one down as the goal, you know, the most memorable goal of the year. I, do you know what? I think I would put it in the thunderbuster. Category. I think I'm with Matt there. I think it's there. So like, it's maybe not completely 100, but it's there, isn't it? It's good. But it also had technique to it as well. Real like ability there to get that in that position. But as fantastic as that goal was, and I agree, it was pivotal. It really was massive for us that season. But just before that, Bradley Dack, I'm sure had a massive. No, Sam Gallagher. Sam Gallagher. Yeah, Gallagher. And if Gallagher program. had a scored that, that could have changed the whole season for us. And it's amazing how these moments happen. And you've got a little bit of luck. It's an open goal. He's got to score. Mm. And he kind of stumbles and falls over and kicks the ball really lightly. There's nothing behind it. But thankfully that did happen. But it's just weird when you look back and remember the moments that are like, but Josh Lawrence he has an absolutely golden week, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he scores against Blackburn. And then we go into the international break, uh, come out, and the biggest game of the season, pretty much, coming up after the international break. And Reading, I think Reading, from memory, took like 2,000 fans up there, man, to Barnsley, um, Matt. It was, yeah, it, it was, it was a sellout. It was just shy. It was just shy, I think. And uh, like, I think everyone kind of knew the magnitude of that game, though. You know, and and it was, it was, it was actually, it was a nice feeling actually going up to to to, to somewhere like Barnsley and taking that many. I mean, like we all know we don't take that many fans away. You know, we all we, we all know and kind of respect that. And to be honest, with the way that the season was last year, can't blame fans for not going. You know, and not not taking a three hour trip, three and a half hour trip to Barnsley. But you know, the fans the fans went. I remember the atmosphere was really really good that day as well. But we still went behind after five minutes. And at that point, it was... It felt, it felt like a loser goes down that game. Yeah. It genuinely felt like if we lose, we're going to go down. I don't think we even would have been in the relegation zone if, we, if we'd lost. But it very much felt like whoever lost that game was done. Mm. Bardsley were in really good form as well at that point. They were. So they yeah. had all the momentum. And I remember being in really? a pub in Norfolk. And I was like, refreshing my phone, as you do like, on Twitter. And when I saw... The fact that we'd scored, I yeah, I lost it. Yeah, this, <laughs> was was like... a, this goal, Josh John Swift. Remember him, John Swift. Um, first mentioned the podcast thirty five minutes in. Yeah, he did go missing. For We've done well, years. haven't we? We have done all, well, but yeah, all of twenty twenty two just wasn't wasn't really around. It felt like um, John Swift picks the ball up and he's playing left midfield. I remember he was playing left midfield for some reason in the second half against Barnsley, and he puts a kind of a cross kind of shot into the box josh Lawrence dummies it and michael morrison is about three yards out and knocks it back to josh Lawrence, who taps it in from five yards or so 
And the combination of the fact that it was John Swift who was playing on the left, Michael Morrison, who was stood in front of the Barnsley goalkeeper, and then Josh Lawrence scoring from three yards out. It was the bizarrest goal. It was it was the bizarrest goal, but um, this was in the time when Lauren was shifted up to attacking midfield, wasn't he? Because he played that number ten role, and Swift. That's why Swift was out on on the side, I think, from memory, because you had drink water and oh Christ me, now my Rinomota. Oh God, um, yeah, there's another name drop, but yeah, you had them in midfield. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I just remember just when that goal went in, the relief when that goal went in. I probably thought at that time it's not going to be matched. That then did very quickly change after um, in the games that came directly after. But I mean, Lawrence scores that pandemonium in the way. And, and, I, and I'm not sure if anyone remembers, but we nearly won it with an absolute belter from Swift. I think, did he did he hit the post or it was saved by the keeper? Actually, I think it was saved by the keeper, wasn't it? Tipped around the post. If that If that went in, it would have been absolutely pandemonium in that end but it was a big game yeah there was there was pandemonium to come though because easter weekend was the rebirth of reading fc and the resurrection uh, of tom mcintyre yeah i had to throw, I had to throw, oh, I had to throw wow, wow, wow wow we're getting into like religious world here aren't we easter pun in there didn't i um but yeah good friday reading traveled up to yorkshire and they're playing against sheffield united who are I don't necessarily think they were flying, but they were they were doing well, weren't they? And we go up there with probably more hope than expectation, Paul. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, you're kind of like thinking, well, I hope we get like a draw, probably. Best expectation. But Lucas Jail scores an absolutely fantastic goal. We can't like forget that one. That's one of his best that goals. Goal. That's that a great goal. He nearly scored a cracker after as well. He had a really good first half. And we actually, we actually, dare you say, we actually played really well and almost dominated Sheffield United again in that in that first half. Yeah, but let, let's just get to the point that we all want to get to. And that's T-Mac in the last minute, isn't it? <laughs> that's what we're all working Before interested. we go on to T-Mac, this was complete reversal of what Reading normally do. Because normally this year, it had been a case of uh, Reading Reading has scored, great. And then we conceded literally two minutes later. This time, Sheffield United scored with, what, a minute, two minutes to go, Paul? Before yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Was it John Egan? Uh, and die. Okay, and die. But, yeah, fantastic um, to see us to score that goal. And Reading FC official site went into absolute... He's one of our own meltdown, like overload for the weekend then, didn't they? Because um, uh, he does back it up. But what a moment that must have been for Tom McIntyre to score that goal in the last minute, knowing it's so important. And, you know, it wasn't a simple goal. It wasn't like, you know, he's a nice, tidy finish there. Um, And he obviously says it's the best moment of his life in football. Maybe he's had other better moments outside it, but. As a fan, wow, it was incredible. Because you think you're right, Alex. You thought, oh, we're gonna what we're gonna do here is we're gonna let in another one, aren't we? And we've done the polar opposite to what you think is gonna happen. And limbs, basically. Absolute yeah. limbs. Well, and 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 it put that buffer again. Well, it extended that buffer to I think it was nine nine points at that time. And at that point, that was that was the first point. And you also had the celebrations on the pitch after, didn't you? The video of Paul Ince going to the fans and properly showing 
emotion for the first time, which was really good. And there was something, a bit of connection does, there. Does anyone know if they found the woman who disappeared during the celebrations? Because that, yes, that, we did. Was we that... did. Yeah, we, we, we did. We, yeah, we, we saw did it at Middlesbrough, didn't we? No, no, Hull City. Yeah, Hull City. Yeah, yeah. She, so she, we can confirm she is alive, Matt, can't we? Yeah, no, she, she, she did survive that. I mean, but I mean, the videos, the videos that followed that, you know, the celebrations from Lauren Morrison, the fans at the bottom, you know, I think it was Mika down the front getting, you know, just shaken to oblivion. By him. Yeah, <laughs> got, got got a mention on um the the, the the highlight show, wasn't it, on EFL on Quest? It, it was, it was just pandemonium, wasn't it? Do you know what it was? Was I think Andy Uden had heard about Mika's uh, choice of Christmas dinner condiments, and oh, I think yeah. that's just like that's a story for another day. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will say tomato ketchup on a roast dinner, Mika. Sort sort it out. Um, not to be outdone. Good Friday. Easter Monday came along and was like, you know what? I'm the better bank holiday here because Reading. Home to Swansea, 4-0 down, uh, Matt. 4-0 four four down. 4-1. Four one. We, four took, one. we took four the lead. One. Yeah, we took the well, lead. It was, a, it was a big deficit, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, four, really, doesn't three goals. We were behind by quite a long way against Swansea, <laughs> and it looked pretty much like Reading had uh, thrown away any advantage that they made at Sheffield United by fucking up against Swansea. Yeah, you know, but um, then it was it was just a case of, Actually, it was quite soon after, didn't like they they went up four one, and then again, we, we I think we scored quite soon after with Ince, the Zhao, um, to bring it back or Zhao's goal to bring it back to three four, and then there was a moment as well. I can't remember if if Derby had just gone behind or something, but I think it was with about eighty eighty five minutes to go, news was filtering through that one goal sends Derby down at that point and pretty much confirmed safety for us at that point. And you had chance going around the stadium of one point. What well, I, I think it's one point and Derby goes down, and th- there was a bit. There was hope. There was hope there at that at that point where we could see, you know, the end goal, and to do it when you were four one down at home. I mean, up steps Tom McIntyre. I mean, and Paul. That moment will just live on forever. I think in most most fans' minds. Oh yeah, totally. I think I see an even better finish, isn't it? The one against Swansea. I think he he's like flying. Then he's like, I am. Step aside, Lucas Jow. I am in town. I mean, it was Jow who set him up with the like little header back, but cracking finish. And it is so sweet to do it against Swansea, isn't it? We do love beating them and getting a result against them. Yeah, it because they have damaged us so much. I know, like in the context, we have just beaten them two one uh, at the time of recording, but. There's, really a, there's a good moment for there's a there was a great moment as well, which I think somebody mentioned in uh in our in our forums about how the the moment that they, they're never gonna forget from this year was Tom McIntyre at the end of the game after the four all in front of Club 1871 leading chance because safety was pretty much confirmed after that. And uh yeah, yeah McIntyre leading the um six points down chant after the after that game was something that yeah. I think a lot of people won't won't forget anytime soon. That is a no. great moment though, isn't it? To have that, like your player who's from Reading in there, 
Club 1871, who have been fantastic this year, as as everyone else in the fans, but they like really start well, apart from the drummer, but we won't talk about him, Matt. But we think that they've been fantastic. And to have him there starting a chant is just a really amazing link and that connection. And that's just something that we missed completely at the start of the year. And to have that slowly building, it's only now when you look back, you can see little moments of bringing it back. Well, it's like, and I have to say, I mean, the club did a great job in capturing the post-match of that game as well. And it's, it's, it's about a two minute, 20 clip on their Twitter. I like, uh, it's, it's, it's just a clip that when I watch, watch it back, it just brings so many happy memories because it, because, because like you say, it felt like that there was a bit of connection coming back. There was such a, you know, chasm between the club, the players and the fans for, it wasn't just last season. It's been for a long time, truth, truth be told. And you, it, that game, you started to feel it coming back. You had McIntyre at the front, Paul in celebrating as well. And that, that was the game that, like we say, all but clinched um, the, 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 the safety that we're after. Cause I think we would have had to have lost all of our games. Peterborough was the only team that could have overtaken us. They would have had to have won all of their games and, that just wasn't going to happen at that point, you know, with 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 the run they were on. It got close because Reading did go on to lose their last four games. We we did, yeah, but Peterborough yeah. weren't going to win their last three or four games, whatever it was. So it was it was kind of null and void. Can I just say Matt is the drummer in Club One Eight Seven One? I've just oh, been a bit be mean there. I don't want to be like that, like like that person. <laughs> but for me, like the last four games, it's like job was done though, wasn't it? And I understand if you've paid money to go and see those games, it's annoying because we were terrible. Yeah, because we went up to Hull the weekend after Swansea and we were crap. It's we not... were really bad. And I remember on the way back, Paul was Paul was quite content because we'd managed to secure safety and I was quite pissed off that we'd spent a nine hour round trip or whatever it is going up to Hull and back paid 30 quid each for a ticket and we'd lost three nil and looked absolutely shite again. Yeah. Um, that, Paul, that wasn't, that wasn't your best moment. I have to say, like, especially having been to many, many of the games that season and traveling. You've got to remember miles, in the context was, for me. You do. Way, hang on. I've got to give some context there. I'm coming out of here looking like I'm like, you know, happy clappy guy. The fact was, that was my first away game in two years because of COVID. So in the context of just going to one, it was nice. But I understand if you're going to all of them, it's just another one which was miserable. But no, no. Was I right? Did it matter? Did it matter? It no, matter. In the grand scheme of things, he's right. Yeah. yeah. But you <laughs> just had those up. odd celebrations after the game where the players came and it was clapped. weird. It? it was weird. It was a weird finish. Weird, yeah. weird end. We ended up losing to West Brom as well. And then we ended up losing to Luton. And Luton was uh, probably one of the most pantomime moments of the year because the goal away at Luton, as somebody has put down Luton away, it's behind you in our form. Orchard Nyland, remember him? There's another player who we're never going to hear of again. Um, Paul. Just one of the strangest goals to see a to see a team concede, really. Befitting of the season, though, really, wasn't it? It was kind of just like just such a terrible goal. And to cap it off, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong here, 
the Sky coverage didn't even really show the goal because they totally were showing a replay from an incident before. And all of a sudden, all I saw was just the ball rolling into the back of the net. <laughs> like, what's happened here? <laughs> and it was just, oh, dear. No, it was it was terrible. Um, he's at a Spanish club, is it now? Um, no, Leipzig, I think it is oh, somehow. Leipzig. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Leipzig. Germany. Is a big club now. I don't know whether he's Surely playing not. or not, but such a weird era for Reading FC. There's so many players in this past 18 months or so, and you could name them, and people are like, oh, yeah, he did play for Reading for three games, for four games, because we had so many players just churning through because we couldn't find anybody who was of any quality. Uh, that's one of the things that's got to change though isn't it just like slightly jumping ahead to the summer that's got to change we can't have such a massive churn of players because that's no good for anyone it's not good for us and it's not good for the players involved because they don't get any time they might get a decent wage which is great for them but it's no it's no use it's no use but no it was it was quite a way to sum off that some of that season and i mean i think alex we got there was it like 10, 15 minutes into the game because traffic was abysmal, parking was terrible. And then we just stand, watch that, leave the game. And I think you were done with with, with, with Reading. Like to go from the highs of Easter weekend to then the lows of the end of the season, you were done by the end of the season. And just that drive home, listening to Five Live actually gave us a bit of comfort listening to what it was remember the... that was the same we we drove back after Luton away I think it was the same day that Bristol Rovers Bristol. got promoted and they had to yep. win 7 nil or 8 seven nil. nil. we were listening I to it I remember saying it about half time well, Bristol Rovers are probably going to get promoted here I think and they ended up managing to score six goals in the second half somehow to get promoted and that kind of was like the one thing I can actually remember about Luton away because mm. It was just depressing. Like I was, I, I, I'll be honest. I was done watching Reading at that point. I really couldn't be asked with it anymore. And I'd never been to Luton, and I like I'm one of those people who likes to you know go to away games, tick off the grounds. And I'd never been to Luton, and I had absolutely zero desire to go. And the only reason I went is purely to tick off the ground. I could have quite happily left after two minutes of watching. Um, I will paraphrase this. I'm not getting a season ticket. Uh, I'm definitely not doing it. There's no way I'm coming back to watch that rubbish. Absolute shit again. Yeah, Alex, I think I renewed it after about three or four weeks. So yeah. <laughs> but I don't think I'll be don't think I'll be commenting that again. It's it's the roller coaster that is Reading FC. But we all went, we know you will, Alex. He's like, no yeah. way, no way. We're like, yeah. Do you, do you know what? Actually probably gave me a little bit of maybe inspiration is the wrong word, but probably actually pushed me to to want to carry on when well, I say carry on like I probably would have carried on anyway but one thing that actually gave me a little bit of like you know what I would miss it if I stopped going to football was the Legends match in the middle of Maple mm. because that was a it was a really like I don't want to call it a fun day out's the wrong word because that doesn't really give the, the the proper like credit it deserves but it was it was genuinely one of the most enjoyable like 24 hours that I've had following Reading for ages I mean the day before I went up to the, the stadium and, and we were with Dave and there was a lot of the players in the in the hotel bar and got photos and chatting with them and it was it was genuinely just a really enjoyable twenty four hours. Just a feel good factor, wasn't it? You come away like thinking, Yeah, okay, this is what we used to be and everyone came out. There's about ten thousand people there which was a really, really amazing turnout. I mean, I'm sure all the players were, from what they said, they're amazed that so many people were there. 
And the match was just fun and enjoyable. And it brought back so many good memories, but it also kind of like people making comments afterwards and players and like how the club needs to move in the right direction. And you felt, as a fan, I felt like they were saying what we were saying and they carry far more weight than we do. Way, 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 way more. And you think, yeah, not only was this a good day, it felt like it's maybe the start of something else as well. You felt like the club was going in the right direction because the appointments were being made, right things were happening. And I don't know, it is really, I think it will go down. I think I agree with you, Alex. I think this will go down as one of my most enjoyable days at Reading because, Mm -hmm. A, we couldn't lose. You know that. That's always enjoyable, isn't it? But it was just really nice to see all those players back out there having a final send-off after giving us such great memories and just everyone having a good time and Murty walking around the stadium, signing signatures. It was a really unique day. And Jamie Hodder on the pitch as well. I mean, living all the Reading FC fans' dream there. And we, we talk about, like, Reading trying to, you know, the fan, the players giving it a lot of comments about, you know, the club needs to move forward and their, their voice carrying a lot of weight. And only, what, three or four days prior to the match, we actually had, like, a really big piece of news. And I think probably bigger than a lot of people maybe would have given it credit for at the time. Um, and, and Matt, this goes down as a couple of people's, like, staff member of the year. But Mark Bowen rejoined us in May as well. And, I mean, tell, tell us what you think of Mark Bowen and, and him rejoining. I mean, well, one thing that obviously came out of you know, the, the the tumultuous time at the start of January, the protests and everything was structured behind the scenes at the club, you know, because it was non-existent. There was nobody in charge. You had a CEO that was invisible, didn't have any anyone, involvement. Has anyone ever actually seen Dayong Pang? Does he really exist, do you think? Yes, I did see him at the gala dinner, but I wasn't going to mention that. But yeah, it, 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 he, he was he was there. Um, he does he exist. Deliberately put that in there, Alex. He wants us to mention. Uh, <laughs> <it wrong>. <laughs> <laughs> no, he 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 was there. I don't remember him saying anything, and I remember him leaving quite quickly as well. So he must have had some very important business to attend to on a spreadsheet yeah. somewhere. Yeah, lots of but, Excel spreadsheets to fill in. Yeah, um, but 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 no, you know, like something needed. We, we needed structure behind the clubs because you had, you know, by all accounts, an agent running transfers or just advising oh you should sign this player you should get this player you know to to line his own pockets you you have your own opinions on how many of those transfers were successful or not um but to actually just have bowen back at the club and it like it it was probably last time he was at the club it was a it was an okay period i mean he'd steadied the ship after the departure of gourlay but then once he went, it just fell to pieces again, even like as he left as as he left as manager. You know, it, it was really the only time, you know, in probably the post-Dam era where there was a little bit of stability or you felt like there was a bit of stability. You know, it, like the Gomez appointment didn't quite obviously go to plan once he was appointed, but he came in as manager, steady the ship, goes, falls apart. So he came back and, I mean, like you say, I mean, it's been it's 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 been crucial and i think probably most people will probably agree that you know it well you could only praise the job that him and his team have done so far 
and the weird thing is, of course, is that we look back now and we say, okay, he has provided a lot of stability, but we go into that summer and you think, wow, Reading are really, really fucked next what year. Was it six, was it six players, um, eight if you include Puskas and Moore, I think, oh, in that? Yeah, that I, mean, they couldn't, I think they couldn't have fielded it. They wouldn't have been able to field a team no. based off of the contracts at the end of the season prior. So we go into... Well, speaking to Mark on the podcast that I recorded with him, and do listen to that because it is fantastic because he really is transparent. And we've got to say about Mark Byrne, he's done events, he's done the podcast with me, he's done an event with Star, I'm pretty sure, and he also did the former player event. And if you've got the person who's at the top of the club, essentially, um, being transparent with fans as much as he can, he's never going to say anything, let's be realistic, he's you know in charge of a big company, essentially. But he's actually realising that you have to communicate more when you can. And I think that's really, really a big, big step in the right direction. Because even if it's bad news, you want to know about it. You know, you can't know every single day what's happening at the Redland Football Club because none of us would want to know. But I really believe he is a huge, huge asset to the club because he's going to give us that balance, Matt. Alex, Alex and I had the discussion actually on the way home yesterday, didn't we? Actually, how because because we, we we as you do on your way back from football matches, and especially when it's a long three hour drive, we talk about what's changed in the last year. And I think we 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 spoke about the communication. Obviously, prior was was dismal, and have we actually had a huge amount of communication from from the owner? No from the CEO no but they're not the people that we needed to hear or, or like you know if, if if they're not going to be the people that speak someone has to and you know and if you've got a football person like Mark Bowen it's perfect for them then to step into that role because I mean people are talking Brian McDermott coming back sitting in that role because he'll, he'll know the club and understand the fan base etc but I mean with how Bowen has come back like you say and he's just honest I like, like I think he said things how they are in the event at the Players Association night, in in the podcast, obviously that, that that was recorded with him, he's just been open, honest, and said things how they are. He's been transparent with how transfers have been done, and it's just been crucial, I think, on that side of things. We've also got Brian Carey as well, and we have to wait and see how both these appointments go. But Brian Carey's getting praise from lots of people. Um, he's obviously been at Tottenham Hotspurs, which is obviously a huge club. Um, I think we're going in the right direction. That's all I can say. We do go into summer, though, with a, let's be honest here, I think there wasn't much hope for Reading fans. And a lot of people would have gone into that summer with the mentality of, we are absolutely royally screwed. Because there's no way that you can come out of a summer where you've got five players, six players in contract next season and come out with a squad that is going to be able to compete in the championship. So we go through summer, June happens, Yeardom is made the captain of the club when he re-signs his contract. Uh, Tom Holmes signs a new deal as well, Matt, and we managed to get Tom Ince on a permanent deal for, I think it was a three-year contract from memory. Three years, yeah. Yeah. And those kind of started to sow the seeds. We did lose Andy Rinomota to Cardiff, we lost Josh Lawrence to Stoke, and we lost John Swift to to West Brom, but it started to, to sow the seeds. And then we come into July and kind of transfer business really kicks in. 
and finally the uh the rumors were true so many people have uh put this down as their most memorable moment of the year was the either the signing or the video of shane long rejoining he 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 returned to that to the prodigal place didn't he the the, the oracle it happened and i think Again, we, 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 we've we've lambasted, I guess, the club and the way it's been run, the way things have been announced, you know, over the year and in kind of this review of the year. Um, you know, they, they they started off the summer organizing a cracking legends match, and then just nailed nailed the announcement of of Shane Long, you know, and it took a while to get announced, didn't it? Because it was in about limbo for about three four weeks, I think. You know, all the behind the scenes stuff with the EFL that Bowen and co have obviously been battling. But seeing Shane Long coming back after it was uh, actually no, after 11 years, wouldn't it have been 11 years? It was I think it just like like I said, the, the seeds were sown with the um, Rinomota, not Rinomota, sorry, Yeardham, um Holmes yeah. and Ince. And then having long in there, you, you know, you, you started to see some experience and some characters coming back in, and then just the feel good factor when when Shane Long signed. I mean, Paul, it it, it it just it started bringing a bit of a bit of hope and feel good in, which was all we really wanted at that point. Because again, we knew the situation at hand at that point, and that this season was going to be about survival, just like we, last. We had, we had just signed Joe Lumley as well about a week before Shane Long joined, and yeah. that was. That went down like an absolute lead balloon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you think about that, the Joe Lumley is like the Borough fans are absolutely hammering him. Keep your eyes There was lots of videos, and I can see why. Uh, uh, let's not pretend about that situation. But for us, he's been fantastic. I mean, we, at the time, we were thinking, oh, my God, what are we taking on here? But I must say about the events that um, uh, the former Players Association had a huge part in uh, setting up the 150th match club definitely did help, but um, the 150, um, the reunion match, the one in the summer, they played a huge part in that. Just want to give them the right credit for that. But yeah, Joe Lumley. I mean, wow. I mean, what was your thoughts, Alex, when he was signing? Cause it, it was a major concern for me. I was like, always want to be positive about these things. Cause you never know it can work out, but alarm bells were going off. It's so difficult to know what to think because you, you watch and you think, oh, well, they're just bitter that he's leaving. And I was like, don't think they are bitter. They all seem quite happy he's leaving, which was worrying. And it was difficult to really know what to think because you think, well, he has played in the championship and that maybe is the best we're going to be able to do here. But is that bad that that's the best that we're going to be able to do? Probably. It's not great. And I'll be honest, so far, he's probably proven everybody wrong. Um barring one kind of disaster class that we'll come on to. But yeah, it wasn't great, was it? And yeah, summer just, it didn't like, we ended up getting to the end of July when the season was about to restart and people were doing their, their predictions and pundits and media were doing predictions. And I think I read two, which had read stay up. And it was probably fair, Matt, that everybody had Reading to go down. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you had the normal Twitter storm straight after. 
you know, calling it lazy predictions and that. But I mean, it was the realistic prediction, I think. I think we all knew it. And, you know, I mean, even even now, maybe people will say that I'm un, unambitious or, you know, maybe not not putting us in the right vein. But, you know, it, the, the ambition is still to stay up. Although we did we did come across yesterday an article from One Football, which predicted Reading to finish oh, yes. this season, mm. which was written yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and um, even even he actually I can't remember what 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 he said. Uh, come come back and you know lambast me in the summer, but he thinks that we're going to be the team that 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 drops off. It still might happen. It still might happen. There's absolutely um, no way we're finishing bottom, man. <laughs> I, I, I can I completely <laughs> no there's no way we're going to finish bottom we might drift down i don't have any that could definitely happen yeah but not bottom there's no way no but 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 the reality was in the summer was that you know at, at the end of the day like paul lintz hadn't pulled up trees last year you know when when keeping us up we kind of stumbled over the line and we we had a squad that was just a mishmash of free transfers, other teams' offcuts, and loan signings. You know, it wasn't yeah, we, particularly rosy or it appealing. Wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a squad that exactly like screamed top half of the championship. But we we went into the season, we lost at Blackpool in a battling but low quality performance. I think it's probably fair to say, and we lost one nil at Blackpool. Um, I'm never going back to Blackpool again until at least next year uh, because having been there twice this year, it's it's just a sh- it, like it's just rubbish to go to. Um, it's not quite the postcard des- as well. It's never good yeah. weather. Never no. good weather when you go. It was July. It, we were in July and it rained. We, we we were all so happy when we got Blackpool in July as well. We thought, oh, lovely. We can we can have a nice weekend. It'll be sunny. Nice weather, you know, go go to the seafront before. No, it decides to piss it down with rain. And it was like 15, 16 degrees in July. It was, that yeah. was two shit teams that day as well, man. Oh, it was, it? yeah. Well, well, it was I, dreadful. I, I remember leaving because the Blackpool fans were were goading at us, I think, as because I, I, if, if you've not been to Blackpool, you've got to basically walk the length of the pitch up to the other end. And that's where the, the Blackpool kind of um, singing section is, whatever you want to call it. And they were goading the, us Reading fans as we were leaving, saying that's why you're going down and that. And I remember me and Alex were saying, if if they're actually happy after that performance, I'd almost be more worried being a Blackpool fan. And um, it's looking a bit like it at the moment. I mean, they're in the relegation zone right now. It doesn't surprise me after seeing that performance from them, I have to say. We move into August and Shane Longpool manages to get his first goal for Reading. This was a lovely moment, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. It was wonderful, wasn't it? It's what everyone was thinking. I mean, his name being sung before he took the penalty, I was really worried. Because if he would have missed that penalty, it would have ruined that beautiful story, wouldn't it? I mean, just imagine that. But he slots it away nicely. And, yeah, we go on to win the game. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, it's it's so nice with Shane Long. Because, yeah, he has not scored loads of goals. Um, I can't do that. Yeah, I know it is. I know it is. I'm being kind. Yeah. Um, none of us expected him to score a load of goals. Um, but I think he's such a great player to have around. And whenever he's on the pitch, he gives absolutely everything. And I think there's been times when I would definitely see him in the team ahead of other players because he's got that kind of Premier League knowledge of just getting the little free kicks and nudging and stuff like that. But yeah, a lovely story. And kind of everyone walked away from that ground feeling pretty good, Matt, didn't they? 
They did. And I had a new new phone screensaver as well um a wallpaper which um yeah is still here to this day i've still got it still got shane long as uh as 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 my backing so um so yeah thanks, thanks for sharing that that works really well on audio <laughs> <laughs> it looked great um, brilliant we, picture yeah we move on to the following weekend and this one goes down as somebody's moment well a few people actually moment to forget from 2022 Joe Lumley stood alone in the middle of his penalty area during the break in the Rotherham game. And this was, you see, I want to say this was the worst 45 minutes I've ever seen from Reading, but it really wasn't because of Fulham earlier in the year. So, you know, put many others. second or third perhaps, but it was it was pretty, pretty grim, Matt, wasn't it? Worse from a goalie? Worse, worse from a goalie, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah worse from because a goalie. I think I think the saddest thing was, I mean... The I think I think the first goal happened, but then from the second goal, the second goal I think was the one that he got beaten at his near post, wasn't it? Um, and he really should have saved it. And I remember looking him, looking at him, and just thinking, he's he's capitulating here. And then two minutes later, he he lets the one it was through his hands, wasn't it, from like twenty five yards. And it it was just the saddest sight to just see, you know, just somebody literally almost just capitulating in front of you and they had the water break didn't they and that that, that that's why he was just stood alone in this water break so it was like 30 degrees that day and i just remember looking at him and just thinking someone needs to take him off because like he this is literally yeah i remember that was a big debate afterwards and whether we should have taken joe lumley off um or you know let him carry on playing and then whether he was going to play the next game or not as well paul yeah, totally. And I remember like it was very divided, wasn't it, whether to take him off. In fact, probably it's more take him off than anything, actually. But really, actually keeping him on the pitch without actually discussing it with him, it seems to work. Like, complete and utter faith in him, despite in his worst performance, possibly the worst performance of his career. Who knows? I haven't, I haven't watched all of them, uh, Joe Lumley's matches. Keeping the faith of him, perhaps at that moment from the manager playing him in the next match was really big for him. It's like, you're going to stay with me? Because obviously he had a bad experience in Middlesbrough. Where he, he, you know, he didn't play well. He was ridiculed by a lot of Middlesbrough fans. And he's got the opposite here. And for him as a goalie, that's got to be big because confidence for them, I think, is even bigger than any other player on the pitch because any mistake by them can be fatal. Well, that 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 game I remember led into it was the Blackburn game next at home, and he started that game, didn't he? I think from memory, and the Reading fans were never on his back from the start, which was a bit of a weird one because given all the criticism that happened in the week and after the game, you would have well maybe football fans being football fans, you would have thought maybe would have been on his back from the start, but it just didn't happen, and then obviously it probably helped with the game materializing the way that it did. And the performance we put in against Blackburn, because that was again, that was that was a performance that you don't see many of that day. I do remember a couple of times in the first half he came rushing out of his box, and the whole stadium you could hear went into silence. Yeah, <laughs> a light, or what's he going to do here? But yeah. yeah, he did make a really good save in that match as well. So uh, maybe that was it. Maybe that was the mm. moment when it just kind of like it clicked for him. Yeah. No. No. Hopefully, and it's well, like. I mean, as 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 kind of games go, that Blackburn game was kind of kind of well, it, it, it ranks football, up there. I think somebody called it. Yeah, someone called yeah, it well, football it, in our in our 
movements. And it's that, that, and I think there was a couple of people, one person said it was liquid football. And then someone else said that that's when they started to believe the team kind of had what it takes to, to pick up yeah. results. And it was just total control the entire match. And it was probably the best 90 minutes of football from a Reading team in years. Yeah. And and the atmosphere as well in 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 the ground that night. I mean, it was that there wasn't it wasn't a bumper crowd. It was probably about twelve or so thousand, I reckon. But the like like you could feel it being an up and down start to the season at that point. I think Blackburn were unbeaten coming into that game. Uh, I, I know it's like it would have only been you know three or four games at that point, but you know they were unbeaten coming into it. You know, and putting in a performance like that, you looked at it and it was like, right, can we? Can we start the season now, kind of thing? Like, what, what, what's, what's, what's going to happen after this? So, um, so, so, yeah. Um, then we kind of went on a little mini run that took us to the top of the table. Yeah, we got to we got to the end of August, Paul, and we were playing Millwall away, London away day. I mean, this is as a as a fan, a London away day is always a good day out. You can you can get the train down there. You're going to be able to get some beers. Sunny. It was Millwall away. And after the most protracted transfer saga of all time, um, Nabi Sar pops up and scores a header to put us top of the table at the end of the first month of the season when we've been under an embargo. And really, I don't think you could have asked for much more than that. It shows he can head the ball, which is good to know, isn't it? I mean, uh, he can do it. Um, Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? How... um, uh... He hasn't been able to play for a month or six weeks after kind of like really he'd agreed to come. I mean, the fact that he stayed around for so long, obviously, is down to the fact that we were offered a four-year deal. Um, that's why he stayed around, wasn't it? Because he knew it was a good deal for him. But yeah, fantastic win. And not a kind of like one that was expecting again. It's just slowly building. Like going through this, you can just see the momentum building throughout the team a little bit of belief you have knocked max as we go into but it is growing Matt, isn't it and it's like a really kind of i would say that was a convincing win i've never felt Millwall were going to get back into it no like i do remember one time um like i remember it quite vividly Millwall had a goal disallowed and i'll never forget because we had both tiers that day which is odd at Millwall, um and we're on the left side which is right next to the Millwall firm um, as scary as they are now, um, with, with the average age of about twelve between all of them, um, I'll never forget when 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 they got that eight, well the equaliser that was disallowed. Half that stand just charged over. They were falling over each other. It was it was hilarious to watch. But leaving the ground that day, um, I just remember thinking, just like maybe this season might be a bit different. You know, I still just want to get to safety and we've given ourselves a brilliant start here but you know being 12 points after six six games you couldn't really have had too many too many gripes if you'd have said that you know no one could have any gripes well yeah if you're running it two points a game you're doing really well you, you, I mean. you're doing something <laughs> right yeah but, I mean, but we lost it we lost at sheffield united like in midweek 4-0 after that but you know I mean, sheffield united they've shown they're pretty good this season yeah, so. yeah. we did have one we went we're going to september matt and we had one pretty poor result in september at home against sunderland and this was almost the exact opposite of a month before when we played blackburn at home we lost 3-0 
and Sunderland kind of taught us a footballing lesson. And one of those goals, I can't remember which one it was. I think it might be the, the third, third one. The third goal. Went absolutely viral for being the best goal of all time. How did Sunderland pull it off? Well, it's because Reading weren't very good, I think. Um, it was a good goal. It was a very yeah. good goal. Um, I think to say it was all down to Reading not being very good is a bit unfair on Sunderland. Um, but um, but but yeah, like it, it, like like I say, it was it was just the carbon opposite of 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 um, uh, the Blackburn game. You know, we dominated Blackburn for ninety minutes, and Sunderland dominated us for ninety minutes. It was it was. Yeah, I, it was it, it was a weird start of the season in that, wasn't it? Because we had the ups, we had the downs, had another up, and then we had a down with Sunderland, and it was it it, it was probably because we were winning and losing games rather than drawing games at that point, weren't we? Um, but um, but but yeah, because we obviously come off a I think it was a win of home to Stoke, lose to Sunderland, and you go away to Wigan and win. It, it was it was it was an odd one, but yeah, Paul. Yeah, everyone wins at Wigan, don't they now? I mean, they are an abysmal team, abysmal at home, absolutely terrible. But that third goal by Simon was class. I mean, we can say it now because everything's okay, really, isn't it? But that was really good for Alex. It. I know it hurts you, it was but it was good. a really good goal. And as you say, Paul, everyone wins at Wigan. And it kind of takes away from that little special moment I had of seeing us win up north with Lansley for the first time in <laughs> literally five years. And that isn't an exaggeration. It was five years pretty much mm. uh, since we'd, we'd seen us win up north together and um, kind of takes away from that now that everyone else wins at Wigan as well, if I'm honest, but you know, oh, we were so happy. You, you Thanks, seen Paul. another win in the north as well. Yeah, we've seen another win in the north since then. So it's like, it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, yeah. We, we ended up getting a, a creditable, creditable draw against Norwich at home, which, which looked quite good at the time. And form started to drop away though, after that, if I'm honest, as we moved into the start of October, yeah, form dipped because we we suddenly started losing games and didn't we didn't really look like we we knew where the next kind of win was going to come from, Lansley, because we lost the QPR later on, and then we fell really really meekly at home against West Brom, and then we collapsed against Swansea away, and and that yeah. period of three games was wasn't good. Well, it was it was the one against West Brom, wasn't it? And obviously, we play West Brom um, uh, coming up. Obviously, the, the the next game at their place. West Brom were bottom at that time. They were managerless, weren't they? They just sacked Steve Bruce, and kind of you, you looked at that, and it was it was it was one of those games that I guess Reading fans probably like. Oh, we're always going to lose that game, the way it was set up, built up. Um, but then Swansea, you know, going two 0 up, and then throwing throwing it away. It was a bit like. Oh, like 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 we've had it this was. good start to the season where it are was, we going it was the most undeserved 2-0 lead ever it it, it was like you know it, it was two smash and grabs you know i think there were the two shots that we pretty much had in the first half you know maybe for most of the game as well but but i mean you know they were taken very well and you know swansea weren't overly i mean again they had the ball but they weren't really threatening that much lumley didn't make many saves in the first half so it was like you know it was it, it 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 was yeah like Matt just won't give Swansea any credit. He doesn't. No, have, no, no. I won't give Russell, Russell Martin, Martin any credit. Issue. That's I won't what's give... coming through here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that 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 that's a podcast for another day. But <laughs> yeah, so no, we... I, I agree. It was totally un not not totally undeserved because we we did deserve to be two and up because we took our chances. But it, we were 
really, really being battered by Swansea. It, it was a really big shock. And But if we hadn't conceded that goal just before half-time, maybe we would have gone on to get something, but it happened. So there we go. We got revenge anyway. But then the bounce-back ability kicked in. A couple of, or well, well, a winner, win over Bristol. Yeah, good, then... good win at home to Bristol. Fairly kind of almost standard home at Winter Bristol, which is a really weird thing to think of. But we've now got like a standard, you know, relatively simple home win. Mm-hmm. And then um, Burnley away was a bit of a disaster, really, because we matched Burnley away the entire game, I think. Uh, it was actually a very good game of football. It, it was, was a really good game, good game of football. We disagree, but I think that Reading were more than good value for a point in this game. More than good value. And we lost. And it was genuinely the most anger-inducing moment of the season so far that we had somehow come away from Burnley losing 2-1, Matt. It was just the sense of injustice, wasn't it? Because, I mean, it was it was a day where Tom Ince was declined a penalty which was the most stonewall penalty you'll ever see for then Burnley to go up and score was it 16 90 seconds later um and yeah it 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 was just so dejecting because you thought again like we've well as 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 fans you've traveled all that way up you know what was it there was a good number it was about seven eight hundred I think traveled that day it was a good number of fans that went and to have it thrown away by essentially a refereeing, refereeing decision. You know, it's not the fact that we might have won. It's the fact that if that penalty gets given, we wouldn't have lost the game. It would have been a draw or a win, you know, probably almost definitely. Um, but but yeah, the Burnley fans, to say that they were rubbing it in on the way out would probably be an understatement. And they've they, they've won in the last minute. You know, it's it's one of those days where you're probably going to be doing the same if it's you, but it's just one of those that you hate to be on the wrong side of. Um, but yeah, leaving the ground that day. It was a weird one because normally following Reading, we've been angry through performances or the state on the pitch or off the pitch. But that day, it was just anger at just the sense of injustice. There was, a, yeah, a lot of injustice and just, as you say, anger after that, it, it didn't feel good. There was a pretty good feel, pretty good, pretty feel good moment though, during the week leading up to the Burnley game, because for the first time, and I don't really remember this happening very often before, but for, for the first time in a while, there was a, a big squad appearance uh, in the Oracle. And a lot of people took their kids down there, got stuff signed, got photos with a member of, you know, members of the squad and, yeah, someone someone has responded with that being their like most memorable moment of the of the year because you know they took their son down there and really enjoyed their enjoyed their afternoon there. It's that's a really nice moment to see. I think Paul having kind of squad engagement within the community. Yeah, yeah, totally. Obviously, COVID stopped that for a long period of time, didn't it? These kind of events for Redden to be able to organise, but yeah, and it's so many people there by like look at the pictures and the tweets afterwards like saying about it it looked like everyone having a great time with like the whole squad there and if you're a young kid you would have loved that absolutely loved that you'd be really excited you would have probably been completely starstruck imagine being there as like an eight or nine year old chatting to a first team player who you're cheering on You, you wouldn't know what to say you would have thought about it before but then when you're actually there with them you'd be like oh <laughs> like, you wouldn't know what to say at all but 
yeah, yeah, really well done by the club and well organised and just it's really good to see these little things just continuously throughout the season after we get like past the summer. They're starting to like tick on and tick up, aren't they? We're starting to get a little bit of a hill growing. It's like, I love to see that. It's, it's, it's the rebuilding of the connection. And I mean, Paul Lintz was, he was quite vocal after that, you know, this is what, what we need to do. We need to get integrated. And I think, I think they overstayed the, the, the time slot that they had in the Oracle by quite some time. I think from, from reports that I think James and Jonathan Lowe put out after, um, after the event, but it, 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 it just reminded me of my very first event like that, that I went to as a fan. And it was the 0506 season where they used to do meet and greet the squads inside the stadium and obviously did, 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 did autograph signings. And, you know, you'd have some players in the stands, some in the club shop, some in the, the some in the concourse. And it just reminded me of, you know, well, I'm still little, but, you know, little seven, eight year old me back then, like going going for the first time, you know, in my very first season watching Reading FC with with my football club um, friends that 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 day and just meeting players and just being like, like I said, just just starstruck and just hopefully the club can keep doing this, because I think so far under under the leadership of Bowen and kind of even Paul Lintz, I think Paul Lintz deserves a lot of credit in this because he's he's instilled a lot of this connection between players and fans. It, it, it comes partly down to the fact you've got like squad bond together. It makes yeah. it so much easier for fans to bond with a squad that feels bonded. And yeah, I think you're right. Ince probably does deserve quite a lot of credit for that because it, it feels like the squad has become more bonded and it's given a lot of fans that connection back with, with the, with the squad, as it were. We went into November, the, Bad form did continue and we went on to end on, what was it, five, six losses in eight. Um, we lost against Preston at home. We lost against Watford away. But then, Matt, the last game before the World Cup was Hull away. Yes, Hull away. That was... Um, well, for me, it was an interesting one because I was a bit bored during it. It was a pretty dire game to say the least <laughs> um but to be honest if if ever there was a game that i think epitomizes this season for reading fc and you know just getting points over performances hull was it you know like we we, we actually no we didn't take the lead did we we went behind and then came back um you know we went behind quite early but then mate and then obviously eventually carol i mean the the magnitude of of that goal from or the own goal that happened Going into the Can World we talk Cup about break. that incredible miss by the whole player, though, <laughs> just briefly. Oh for my one god! Second. The yeah, the open goal. Well, when but he just imagine it's like these little honest. moments, like we went way back to Blackburn. Yeah. If like we go into the World Cup break and we go with like a two 0 or three 0 loss, the whole mood of the club's different, isn't it? Oh no, and it then is. We're like because of that miss. I mean, yeah. we love that. We, I, I'd like that to happen every single week. See, but um, it was such a pivotal match, a pivotal match as well, because. I think at the time we were like maybe five points above Hull and only about five or six points above the relegation zone. And it was like, well, if we win, we're going to be seven, eight points clear. And if we lose, we're going to be two points clear of relegation zone, lost yep. seven and nine. And all of a sudden, like you, that those kind of little moments, as you say, Paul, where a whole player misses an open goal to make it 2 0, we score a last minute winner. Like these small moments completely change the, the course of the season and the course of the club. Yeah, totally. It's, it's a really incredible, isn't it, Howler? And somebody uh, filled in the form as well, we put out on Twitter as well. 
And I thought it was really nice how somebody said that the moment that we had the free kick for the late own goal winner, they turned to their dad and they said to them, this is exactly in the same spot where we had the free kick against Sheffield United in the previous season. And we went on to score the winner. I, I just love those like little inside stories, Matt. It's like you, yeah. you're kind of like finding out things. And we all have those conversations at matches, don't we? No, we do. We do. And kind of, well, look, we're looking, looking. I, I had one. I had one at home against Swansea when we um, we scored the opener. I think we, we like we scored it from the. I want to say it was a corner. The mm. the game a few days ago, and I turned to my brother at the game and went, "Just had a notification on my phone. We've gone one 0 up. Look at that." And then two seconds later, corner comes in, whipped in, and we've scored. And it's like, "Oh, look, great, good job. We're one 0 up." <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Did you actually get a notification there, or no? no. Uh, oh no, sorry. I was I was just. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, no, ignore me. Joke, I, was, yeah. I, I did it as a joke. Oh, catch um, up. Yeah, we, we went into that World Cup break with it was a big win that that game against Hull. Well, you know, the World Cup, it was a good distraction, I guess, from league football. Uh, Paul, well, very briefly, 60 seconds, World Cup being on during the middle of the season. It's a bit weird still, isn't it? It's shit. No, I'm not a fan of it at all. I don't like it. Um, there's no, no, let's never do it again. Basically I can do it in less than 30 seconds. It, it did never bring again. out though. It did bring out quite a nice moment. And we spoke about obviously the, the bond between the players. Um, there was a video and we actually got a, um, a form submission as well on, 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 on a, on a player moment with the, the world cup national anthem song by Andy Carroll, uh, Joe Lumley and Tom Holmes. Like just, just seeing little videos like that. I mean, because uh, that's when they were in Tenerife as well, wasn't it? It's just nice just seeing this bond. And obviously, Paul Lintz has alluded um, after the Norwich game um, yesterday that, you know, there's there's a special bond within these players. Moments like that you can start to see. And it's just what what you like to see as, as fans, because, again, it's something that's kind of not been around Reading FC for, for a number of years, really. Um, but, yeah, Alex kind of as, as, as moments go. And then, obviously, we kick on after the World Cup break. And yeah, it's kind come, of... Come back with, what is it, four, three wins in five? Three, three wins in five and one draw. Yeah, seven seven points from, from four games since the World Cup has, has restarted. And obviously, if you include um, Hull, it's 10 in, 10 in five, so... Can't really complain. December's been quite, quite good to Reading, really, in terms of results. Um, I don't think there's been huge moments necessarily, Paul, in any of these games, uh, which we need to touch on for, for any period of time here, but it does feel like the club are just kind of, or the squad at least are very much kind of just keeping things rolling on a, they're, they're just ticking over at the moment, winning games, drawing games. They're not, not playing badly, not doing anything wrong. And they're just keeping the, keeping the momentum ticking over at the moment in December. Yeah. Even when we aren't playing at our best, we seem to quite frequently get a result of some type which is a really good trait to have, um, not playing at your best. I think one game, we've only played one game this season, which was the Blackburn way back, which was really incredible game. But in December, yeah, no, it's been really good. Um, we've come back out of the break, which we desperately needed. And it's showing that the players are more fresh. I mean, we had like three players at the World Cup. But yeah, we look good again. We look like we're going to pick up more points. I'm pretty confident we're going to be moving forwards. I mean, yeah, what 2023 is going to bring is more exciting 
then concerning. And I think that's the major change from this point last year. I'm thinking, yeah, the, I, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. And one of the questions that we did ask on our like uh, on our preview form here was what like what's your current mood about the direction of the club? And I think Paul, you sent it up quite well there. With it's exciting, it's not concerning for once. And and Matt, I mean, what what's your current thoughts on on what the direction looks like for 2023 and I guess beyond? Well, it's 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 one of those things you don't want to obviously jump the gun and you don't want to because it's only been six months, you know. And I mean, even with January transfer window coming up, obviously we almost definitely probably wouldn't be able to do any inbound work unless we get people out because I think we're at our squad limit at the moment and you can only take players out like with Clark if they've got a season-ending injury. So it might be a case of see where we are after that. But then with the summer next year, you know, I guess that's going to be a crucial time because, again, we've got a lot of players out of contract. So it's it's just better than where we were, you know, earlier in the season and kind of... um I'll throw a few of the responses that we've had out and you guys can react to them as you wish. Um, so we've got, it's promising despite the embargo, managing to be where we are is fantastic in the table. The supporters at home are a 12th man on the pitch and the boys always seem to bounce back from the distant defeats. If we keep going, either this year or next, we'll be in playoff contention. Just wait and watch. It's quite a beat, isn't it? It's... <laughs> yeah, I think my main reason for being so upbeat about the club with kind of like you know i'm not going like ridiculous i don't think we're going to be like winning the premier league in like three years time or anything is that it's the combination of the team showing spirit and fight and some ability and knowing that we're not where we want to be we we know that the manager knows that whichever manager we have by the end of like 2023 it's football we could have a totally different one but it's the behind the scenes as well it's the structure of the club. I feel like we're moving in a way that's kind of, it could be sustainable. And I think that's a word that the club really needs to focus on is because yeah. we've been absolutely crazy. I never, ever want to go through this embargo FFP situation again. Another one of the responses that we did have was, I'm holding judgment until the summer, but I think it's getting better. Uh, summer is going to be where we find out if Di and company have learned their lesson, Matt. Yeah, that is fair as well, Matt, isn't it? Yeah, 100%, you know, because like, and I think, you know, we we, we can't go too overboard, like I say, um, just yet, because it's it, not enough time has passed, you know, to really pass judgment and really see see where we are. But, you know, I think if, you know, if, if you have got to this point in the podcast, you know, thank you very much. You know, it's good, great that, you know, you're still with us. But um, I think it goes back to kind of what we said at the start, or well, when we were reviewing back in, back in March you know and in in March we were 36 games played 29 points and we sit here now on the 31st of of December in a position where we're 25 games played and 36 points he's, de he's definitely got that stat on a Google tab somewhere oh, I have I've, I've 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 kept them open specifically for this one moment um, well, but, um... but it's, it, 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 it I think that just sums up kind of you know did I think we were going to be in this position at the start of the season? Absolutely not. You know, I thought it was going to be a relegation dogfight. It still might. You don't know. It's a very competitive championship this season, but it seems better. The, yeah, we the vast majority of the responses that we had are that they're, people are either quietly, cautiously optimistic or they're positive with a little bit of apprehension going forwards, which I think is probably the, the fair way to look at it. And 
I'll end it with one one last one here, which is probably a, the way that I think I am currently feeling about about everything with Reading is we aren't quite out of the woods yet, but we have rediscovered some spirit and some fight, and we look like we're probably still going to be a championship club when we come out of all of these restrictions. And to sum it up, it feels good to say that you're a Reading fan again. Yeah, no, I completely yeah, agree I with that. That's a perfect, perfect summary there, Alex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And before we finish this... I mean, it's not mine, so credit to whoever put that one in there. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we finish, I just want to also say thanks to both you, Alex, and Matt for doing so many of these podcasts and, like, really putting in a lot of effort and hours and time. I mean, this podcast alone, we spent two hours podcasting here, which is a bit ridiculous, really, but we hope that you enjoy it. And I want to say thanks to everyone who's been on the podcast Fans, journalists, J-Lo, the man, the legend, the king of scoops, James Earnshaw. We appreciate all your time and efforts. And we realize that, like, yeah, it's not always easy reporting on uh, Reading. But uh, thanks a lot for all your efforts. And JSK as well on the preview. What a legend he is. I mean, come on. The man is the voice of Berkshire incredible guy we almost missed one there no thank you paul that's uh much appreciated i'm sure everyone out there is uh dying to turn this podcast off now though because we've been recording for one hour and 36 minutes it's almost as long as an actual reading game uh, probably not with all the extra time that we seem to be time wasting now but it's it's been an extra long season uh, an, an, an extra long podcast for an extra long season really has been a really has been an extremely long 2022 this um can you believe that we were like literally talking about january 95 minutes ago can't believe it anyway we'll we'll sign off because it's new year's eve and some of us want to go out and as matt and paul both talked about earlier on they want to get rat ass i can't even remember if that was this podcast or not but we'll sign off there if um yeah if you are still listening thank you very much because it's much appreciated time really does go into these kind of things so if you uh if you've enjoyed it Stick as a five-star review on Spotify, iTunes, and click subscribe. And we'll be back in 2023 with a ton more podcasts and content. So until then, have a great new year, and we will speak to you all very, very soon. Cheers.